Geek Tank Radio, News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Welcome everyone, we are the Geek Patrol and our microphones don't have a stun setting. Today's episode of Geek Tank Radio is brought to you by the Moss Eisley Sand Whale Steakhouse, the driest fish in the galaxy. I'm not, I don't know, Alan. I, even and you he wonders why I don't do say anything, anything nice that. about him. <laughs> <laughs> he books us in such wonderful locations. And you either get this one or you don't, folks. We're on the cutting edge. Let's say it. You know. Oh. One, we, we, Based on that scene, that's perfect, Joe. I'm yeah, going to give you, you that you, one. You, we're going to give you that one. Yeah, give that, you that knocked one. it out of the park. Didn't even give you the spoiler warning on that one. But anyway, <laughs> welcome to uh, Geek T- and, and, and I think Jeremy's just looking at us with a glazed look. He doesn't know what. I think he doesn't care. It's Saturday morning. Anyway, welcome to uh, Geek Tank Radio, everybody. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. I'm not behind the glass. I'm tucking into some fish. Okay, Mm. even he's chiming in. Well, everybody's in a mood. You know, sometimes there's a weird energy in the studio and and you get interesting results. Brandon hasn't Mm. stopped complaining about everything today. The only things I've complained about are you, and I don't really think it's complaining when you say true statements. Okay. Well, anyway, we got our buddy. It's that time of the month, you guys. As, uh, as well. you say that. <laughs> you know, really? You know, Joe, you just want uh, to we got everybody, don't you? <laughs> we got our buddy Jeremy Veldman from the Memphis Astronomical Society in the studio. Because, Jeremy, next week, um, we're, we, uh, we're going to be getting you in regularly, as we used to do in the past, to... Uh, you're the president of the Memphis Astronomical Society, and once a uh, once a month, all the geeks, all the space geeks, get together and hold meetings. They're very interesting, and so we want people to show up for these meetings. And so next Friday is a new one. So what what's what's on tap for uh, the MAS? Yeah, June June third is our next meeting, and we're back to Zoom this time. And oh. the reason is because I know before you guys complain. Okay, I thought we're done here. with the Zoom stuff, but okay. Right, we're in and out of Zoom now. Friday, we've got a speaker from Dallas, Texas, who okay. has a practical talk on imaging planets using a Dobsonian telescope. Now, we get a lot of demand for astrophotography stuff. We try to do one once a quarter, and this is a great talk. If you're considering getting into the hobby of astroimaging or astrophotography, this is a good presentation. Uh, the speaker, you, you know, he images planets using a Dobsonian telescope, and he's going to talk about his gear, his setup, his software, his post-processing, basically the whole nine yards. Now, it sounds complicated, but he's only been doing it for three years. So you can learn this, too. Wow. Okay, oh. now now all of us, of course, know what a Dobsonian telescope is. But for the layman out there, Jeremy, <laughs> uh, what is a Dobsonian? Because that's a very specific term you just use. So. Right. It's basically a telescope that uses mirrors. You have a large primary mirror at the bottom that gathers light, and then it focuses it through a secondary mirror out the side. Okay, I'll spare you the details. It's basically a giant light bucket, and it's the most practical and simplest telescope for beginners. I own a 10-inch. Most of us, you know, if you're getting started, 8 or 10 inches is a good place to start. You can use it for everything, planetary, uh, deep sky objects. I was I was looking at it last night, uh, you know, star clusters, galaxies, things like mm-hmm. that. Okay. But it's good for, you know, it's, very, it's a very easy telescope to set up. You can have it set up in within five minutes. And very easy to use. It's funny, cool. Jeremy. Now, when you're saying the tenant, you're talking about the size of the lens, right? Because that thing's a lot bigger than that. No, right? no I mean, lenses here. Again, we're using mirrors, not lenses to gather light. Ten so, inches is the diameter of the mirror at the back okay. of the tube that gathers the light. The larger the mirror, the more light it can gather. 
Okay, that's why the old James Webb is this massive, you know, with mm -hmm. all the honeycomb. So, so yeah. Jeremy, because I've seen these setups, and we, we've gone to some of your observing sessions, like over there at Shelby Farms, and there's a lot of different styles, but I always hear you talking about this Dobsonian thing. And to me, it looks complicated, but honestly, I guess it's not, right? It's very simple. It's not flashy. I mean, you got you got other guys out there that have these giant refractors that, that use mm -hmm. lenses, and those are expensive. You also have the Schmidt-Cassegrain-type telescopes, which is basically a folded mirror design that has a corrector plate on the front. I'll spare you the details. Those are, you know, if you have the money, those are the types of telescopes to get, the Schmidt-Cassegrain types, because they're they're smaller, they're more compact, they're very powerful, longer focal length, great for planetary stuff. The Dobsonian is cheap, and it's the best bang for your buck in terms of aperture size. But without getting into too many details, the Speaker Friday is going to show you how to image planets with a Dobsonian. Okay, and take pictures. Basically take pictures, yeah. So, because to me it seemed, I, I kind of wonder what they did in the old days. Like, I, I've seen that old black and white photo from that, that eclipse. What was it, the 1890-something eclipse where they took, for one thing, I was like, how did they do that in those days? But uh, these days, I guess it's probably easier. But But how does that work? Are you actually pointing a camera through a lens or are you tying the camera in digitally or like well you have cameras now that are basically ccd cameras they have chips in them so it's not you know it's not like the old days where you had uh, glass plates or anything so you just you you can for a fairly cost effective uh expense you can have a basically a camera that just attaches to your telescope gathers the photons and then you do the processing later i'm not an expert on this but uh, the point being, the equipment is out there now, sure. relatively cost effective. We're talking maybe a few hundred bucks, right? Where you can you can take some pretty spectacular images. And by the way, your iPhone will. Be, I mean, you you can buy a simple device that just attaches to the eyepiece of a telescope and just take some pictures with your iPhone. That's kind of where your journey into astrophotography starts. You look through the eyepiece, you see something really cool. You're like, oh, I want to take a picture of that, and then it's kind of hard to do that with your phone. So then you get a uh, you know a device where you can attach your phone to the eyepiece and take a picture, and then you kind of kind of morphs from there to essentially a chip in a can, yeah. for a more simple way to say it for for imaging these things. I mean it's it's very cool. Like it, and, and I love these apps too. Like basically what I what I would see at these um at these sessions, uh the, these observing sessions, you have you know several telescopes set up, and usually the guys will point like the camera. They'll have that app. What is it? The sky something. It tells you where everything is. Like you point it up and you go, okay, Jupiter's over there. Right. You know, sky the, Safari. Sky Safari. Several of them. Then you, then you set the telescope and get it pointed and you get it configured. And then, yeah, I saw them. They, they almost clipped the, the, the iPhone or, you know, right. does the Android work or is it only iPhone? Like, oh, you can do it with it. Yeah. You can do it with an iPhone, Android, any, any, any phone that has a camera. Any smartphone. Yeah. Any smartphone. Okay. So these are practical things so that anybody can, uh, okay. And it's the title cracked me up though. You said imaging with a Dobsonian ten-inch lens. I'm like, that sounds like a very niche, uh, geeky, space nerd kind of title. Very specific but, you know. talk, right? <laughs> but you guys don't do just one subject. I thought. I thought in, in the meetings I've gone to, Jeremy, there's usually a, a a talk, an intermission where you get all the good snacks that you guys bring, and then a second talk. Is that right? Now we know why Joe's upset about going to Zoom. It's all yeah, about Zoom, the intermission. You don't get the blueberry muffins. You. So oh, okay. You See, you you guys got to start putting a link on your on your site so that he can get those DoorDash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So he, while he watches. Yeah, but no, the meeting the, the 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 meetings in place, Jeremy. I mean, for one thing, it's the camaraderie. It's it's you know, 
it's uh, all the interesting conversation. But um, yeah, it is. There is something to be said with the networking possibilities too. You meet all sorts of interesting people. Absolutely. So, well, the general but, theme that we're on now is the the practical aspect of astronomy. There's some really spectacular celestial events coming up including June 24 which is an alignment of planets. Okay. If you're an oh, early that's riser. That's what we've been hearing about, right? Well, if you're an early riser on Friday, June 24, you'll see five planets in alignment. Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and actually Uranus is in that mix too. So, um so When you say an alignment though, you're saying basically okay, if I'm correct, that means you could look through your your binoculars or your telescope or any lens and they're all within that that uh range no you don't range. even need you don't need any equipment you see it with your naked eye you get up but they're 45 in, in the morning you see yeah with the naked eye you see five planets in alignment okay and that's yeah that's pretty rare pretty rare if you look at how uh how they orbit you know the odds that they're all gonna be, even just aligning with mars or something is unusual you get five in a row that's well you really get the sense that we are in a solar system on a planet orbiting in a disc yeah you see all the all the planets there so that's good. That's coming up toward the end of June. Now, before that, this Monday, the th uh, May the 30th, and again, I got to be careful here, is a possible meteor shower. And the reason I got to be careful is because these are notorious for being fickle. You know, it likely will be a no-show, but there are some models that are predicting that mm -hmm. it could be spectacular. So, again, Memorial Day, if you're if you're willing to stay up late, all you got to do is walk outside and look up, and you could see meteors. Now, Jeremy, you reminded me of, like, weather forecasts because, you know, it, it, the other day they said it's going to be partly cloudy. And, you know, I, I live and die by the weather because I work outside most of the time. And sure enough, by the afternoon it was supposed to be cloudy, and it just started pouring rain. Well, uh, is it that way with meteor prediction? Do they ever get it where they didn't really predict much of anything, and all of a sudden you get this really great meteor shower? Is it just sort of hit or miss? in that game or more or less now in 1966 there was a spectacular meteor storm some of our members saw this if you can imagine a sci-fi movie where you're traveling at warp speed and the stars are streaking by it was essentially that experience yeah there was another one in 1830 and again some of our members saw that one as well so um they don't happen often but occasionally you'll get a not only a meteor shower but a meteor storm do I think that's going to happen Monday night? Probably not. But if there's at least the possibility, then it's at least worth checking out. And there are some models that are predicting that it could happen. Okay. Okay. Well, the one thing I want to point out is we're not wandering into the asteroid belt. Right. Right. And when we say meteor shower, we're talking about general space debris. In this case, it's the debris behind a comet. Right. That Just went Washington, by. Walkman 3. Correct. Right. So this is a comet that went sailing by, and comets are basically dirty, frozen rocks, and they've live lots of little specks of stuff behind them, and that's what generally gives us the the more interesting meteor showers, right. because it is very small particles falling to Earth, could be little pieces of ice, could be rock, could be right. grains of sand, it could be anything left over from this comet, so we're we're not we're not being fired upon. Mm -mm. You know, this is not one of the bug movies or something where they're, you know, giant asteroids are coming down on us. This is this is space stuff. Yeah. Space junk. Yeah. And and that's wait, but Jeremy, as I recall when you were here last month, you said there was quite a number of uh 
quite a number of celestial phenomena we're going to get this year, right? I mean, just before the end of the year. Because we already got the lunar eclipse, which I want to ask you about in a minute. But, yeah, that uh, that we, actually turned out pretty mm -hmm. well. Do you got a checklist here so of things that people can mark their calendar? Well, May 30, again, possible meteor shower. Uh, June 24, planetary alignment. And then it's it's really toward the end of the year where we see another lunar eclipse in May. Or, I'm sorry, in November and then uh, Mars occultation, the moon occulting Mars on February, or December the 7th. So yeah, then we got a couple of that ones. one. Yeah. It's going to be cold. I, that's the one where the moon just slowly <laughs> passes in front of Mars. Yeah. And slowly, because I, I just, I don't know. That one doesn't do it for me, Jeremy. Sorry. <laughs> don't roll your eyes at me. I'm Brandon. actually looking forward to that one. <laughs> just what makes I'm just saying, I can see Joe tapping his watch. He's like, come I on, do Mars. Something. Yeah, come yeah. on. But, uh, Okay, but um, the um, the planetary alignment. How long does they? I guess I'm I'm wondering, can you actually track the movement on that, or is that going to be something that's very brief? Or it's I, very brief. Again, it, it'll be early in the morning, like four thirty, five o'clock, just before sunrise. Okay. Mercury will be hard to spot because it's so low, low on the horizon, but it will be a spectacular naked eye. Uh, event because you can see yeah. Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. If you have a telescope, you can find Uranus too. Basically, all of the planets in alignment. I mean, that is morning. unusual. So, it, and it is cool when you um, when you look through there. But I know you'll have your telescope. I'm sure. Well, uh, that might actually just be a naked eye event, even for someone like me. No so, binoculars, not even. Well, I might have the telescope out to see if I can find Uranus because that one's not naked eye visible. But. Okay. Again, you don't need a telescope for that one. The one thing, and I don't want to, I don't want to harp on this too much, but uh, these too these, late. these flat Earth guys, I'm like, okay, you're, <laughs> you you do these, you do these, you do the. I mean, to me, oh. it's just as obstinate as you can be because you sit there. I've been to your observing sessions, Jeremy. You sit there and you're looking at Saturn, and you almost wa you're watching it drift across the lens, mm -hmm. and then they have to readjust the thing, and they dri right. drip. Well, there's a reason. It's because we're rotating on this giant spaceship flying through you know that it's round i just don't get the just whole... remember their website they have members all over the globe yeah there you go. Just that's like... all you need to know no, no. Members all over they the have globe. members yeah. all around the globe yeah yeah but... quote them correctly if we're gonna mock them correctly yeah, yeah, yeah no well, kidding. You know, but jeremy um the other thing i'm wondering because there was a time in history where we thought uh i forgot what it's called is it the heliocentric we thought the uh it was taught that the basically everything revolved around Earth, and and but then they they started studying the movements. Was this planetary alignment sort of a trigger for like, wait, the solar system looks completely different than what we thought? Like, was that a a well, force in this or the motion planet is literally a term that means wanderer. It's a Greek term. Oh, I didn't these know are the that. wandering stars. That's interesting, and it really it, it it marks the foundation of all of science because mankind's nearly 3,000-year struggle to understand and model the complex motion of the planets across the night sky is really where we get science from. It took a long time to figure this out. And it was a geocentric model that, that we sort of was mankind's understanding of how the universe worked. Aristotle, who actually proved that the Earth is a sphere, that's a, another discussion, but um, he thought the, the Earth was too big to move, so everything had to move around the Earth. Yeah. Now, the stars, sun, and moon are easy to understand, but the planets are very complex because they go through these retrograde motions. We understand now the reason why is because the sun is at the center and we, we all go around the sun. Right. But mankind's struggle to understand that led to the laws of 
logic and ultimately the laws of physics that mark the the, the foundations of science. Yeah, I'm gonna get a little heavy, Jeremy, real quick. I just want to say I want to get on my soapbox here because I'm a I'm a and I we don't do this often, but I'm a you know I'm a Catholic, and one of the misunderstandings I think came from the notion that people reading the Bible as though it's a science textbook. It, 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 you don't read the Bible for science or whatever, but I think that's what led to the whole notion of the earth is at the center of everything and we can't possibly rotate around everything. I think I think that was sort of a struggle for a while. Well, it's just, the common sense view. So is flat earth. I mean, right. think about thousands of years ago where there was no technology and the, the furthest that you could go was the furthest that anybody could walk. But around the third, you know, 300 BC or, 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 or around that time period, Aristotle, who was a pupil of Alexander the Great, or was a Alexander he the was Great a student, yeah. Alexander the Great was a pupil of Aristotle, and Alexander the Great had conquered the known world. And there were people south of the Nile who saw a different set of stars in the night sky than people up in Greece. Sure. And that's how they deduced that we had to be on a sphere. It, it, was, it, was, it was Aristotle who was the student of Plato. Right. I just wanted to okay. correct you on that. Yeah, philosophy major Max knows these things. So no, you're right. You're right. But um, they were they were traveling in the same circles. Let's put it that way. So no but, pun intended. Yeah, but th- th- <laughs> this is the kind of discussions you get when you go to the Memphis Astronomical Society meeting. So just sit wh- next to Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Jeremy, I did. I had another question. Sorry. Um, but uh, last month, or well, not last month, a couple weeks ago was the lunar eclipse that you told us about, May 15th. Mm-hmm. And this one was interesting. This one was, I think a lot of people really took notice of this. You could go outside and you watched that this uh, shadow passing in front of the moon, and, it, and then it turned sort of red, and it, it stayed that way for quite a while. But I, it got me thinking, if you were on the surface of the moon, what would you be seeing? Because that part of it I didn't hear a lot about. So, Yeah, it's an interesting question. Basically... If you were standing on the moon when it entered the umbra of the Earth's shadow during a total lunar eclipse, you would essentially see a dark disk surrounded by a very thin orangish-red circle. And that's basically sunlight penetrating the the layers of the Earth's atmosphere. Now, the Earth's atmosphere scatters the blue light. That's why we see the sky is blue. But the reds and the oranges pass through. So basically what you would be seeing on the surface of the moon is every sunrise and every sunset on Earth simultaneously. What did that mean? Wait, I don't get it. Every sunrise, every sun. So you're seeing it. Oh, I got you. So, I, okay, sorry. The Earth's rotating. You're right. seeing the atmosphere, but that's why it turned it red. Right, because it, again, the Earth's atmosphere is mostly nitrogen. Nitrogen scatters blue light. That's why we see the sky as blue on a clear day like today. Right. But the oranges and the reds, they pass through. So right. where we would be seeing sunlight passing through the layers of the Earth's atmosphere in kind of an orangish red color. And essentially that's what you see when you see us either a sunrise or a mm-hmm. sunset. So yeah. it gets really spectacular when you've got a good flat line out there like over water and you can really see the actual penultimate event as it begins to rise and you get that little orange glow and it begins pushing up. It's uh, quite spectacular. So we actually had an opportunity here with a, with a nice size moon and a good clear sky for an unusual change. To really get the full effect. Yeah, I don't know what everybody else got, but we had great visibility here in the Mid-South. It was a cloudy night. It looked like it was going to be a wash, but it did clear up midway through the partial eclipse. And we were actually able to see all of Max Eclipse. Now, I want to to mention one other thing. We have a video of this on our YouTube channel. During Max Eclipse, you can actually see the moon 
moving against the background stars. That and actually, sounds cool, like time lapse or something. Right, occulting stars. You really get the sense of the moon as a world moving through space. It's, it's awesome. Cool. So, Jeremy, tell us once again how to be. I guess people have to log on to this one, but how do they get involved with the next meeting? Go to our website, memphisastro.org. There's a link to the Zoom call. All you got to do is click on that link. And again, we'll post it on our YouTube channel also at Memphis Astron Society YouTube. But going forward, we can look for the in-person meetings again, which is kind of what we like. You know? Oh, yeah. No, we'll be back at the, the Mosh Planetarium. Yeah. And you have other year. events. It's a good – I like your new. I like your uh, email list, too. Get on their email mm -hmm. list because you get updates on all of the – you don't spam us too much. You just give us the, the info. Try not to spam you at all. Anyway, well, Jeremy, it's great having you on, and I guess we'll see you uh, next month. But uh, we'll see you next week at the Memphis Astronomical Meeting. You're listening to Geek Tank Radio here on News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to visit with our buddy Jesse Gaston from uh, Anime Blues Con. Geek Tank Radio. Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Max really likes that one up. I, 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 think, I think that wakes people up in their car to remind them that we're back on the air. Right no, now. it's also because we had an anime. It's a, it's an anime reference. Yeah, that's ah. a good point. It does sound an, it does sound very anime. -y. Anyway, welcome back to uh, Geek Tank Radio. I'm Joe Thorderson here with my friends Brandon Olmstead and Alan Gilbreth and our buddy Max over there behind the glass. And uh, we'll, we're going to be introducing our guest in just a moment. But uh, a little point of business, you guys. If uh, if you um, if you want to come visit us in person, we've got a couple, two weeks in a row where we're going to be on location, Brandon. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of really excited about yeah. both of these. and. Yeah. Normally, you tell me it's like, well, we're going to go to a place, and it's like, oh, you're, I'm going to have to be somewhere where I'm dressed nice instead of, you know, studio yeah. clothes. I have to wear pants. And then he's, he, okay. No, no, I, like, yeah. I always wear pants. Yeah, okay. They just may have holes. Yeah. But we're going to get to go to the Italian festival uh, on next week. Right. You know, that's uh, June 2nd through 4th. We'll be there or on the 4th, June which is Saturday. Yeah, it's an unusual. It's instead of like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's Thursday through Saturday. Yeah. But that's how they've always done it. It's, there. All, it's yeah. all good because we'll be there on the best day, which is Saturday. Saturday's mm -hmm. wrong. You know, you guys yeah. are going to do Tool Talk Radio first thing that morning, and then I'll be there later to do Geek Tank. And I think we're going to have the Motor Mouths there. I think Motor Mouths is going to be yeah, awesome. some Some food dude is loose in the place. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah he Brandon. He doesn't count. He's always going to be there. Yeah. Well, aren't you and Alan kind of um, going to do some special things for? You know, I mean, we've, it's we've said that we food. will, but you know, it's a surprise. Okay. Um, and then uh, also, folks, don't don't think that we've somehow forgotten about the fact that Kenobi came out and the Andor trailer yeah. and all of this uh, action. We'll get to that in our next uh, in our next episode. Don't right, worry, folks. Right now, we are we are you know nose deep in. Star Wars celebration this weekend. Right. So we're going to have so much more to cover and we don't want to leave anything out. So we're going to hold all that until next week. And it is the 45th anniversary of uh, of Star Wars Which this, is this week. Which is crazy, man. But next week, the week after the Italian Fest, we are going to be at uh, Anime Blues Con. Anime Blues Con uh, down at the Renaissance Center. Uh, first thing we've done since they've opened that back up. Right. Yeah, you know, it's going to be awesome. So here to talk about that, because let's face it, this is what we live for. I mean, uh, we, we haven't been able to go to Anime Blues since 2019. So the fact that they're mm -hmm. back, and it is, you know, full disclosure, they are the biggest convention in the Mid-South. So we brought in one of their directors. I don't even know what to call 
I don't even know what to title to give her, but we got Jesse Gaston. She who must be obeyed. An old friend of us. Uh, so, Jesse, what is your title? I mean, you uh, kind of do everything. It should be Jack of all trades, master of none. Right. But, <laughs> mm. but you've mastered a few over the years. Uh, yeah. I would hope at this point. Yeah. We've done it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's long mm -hmm. enough. Um, no, my official title would be the director of adult programming. Okay, because you guys are sort of an all ages thing. Yeah, you're. Well, no, <laughs> no, what what he means is that you range all the different age yes. categories. Yes. Yeah, it's funny because that's hardly what I mean. At one point, you were the con chair, right? Yeah, for a couple of years there, and uh, it's hard work. Let me tell you. And <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a lot of work. It's way more work than people would. And you have to have a certain personality type to do it, or you literally will have a nervous breakdown, don't oh, you yeah. think? Oh, yeah. oh, for sure. Oh. I mean, you just have to be so organized, but you also have to be able to stay cool in any situation, which taxes on you after a few years. See, I wasn't expecting all that when Joe handed the reins, the, the chairman reins over to me a few years ago, but I started walking around with a big frat paddle. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the easiest way to keep people quiet. Yeah, he, he gets ready, you know, you... This is the complaint department here. Talk to, you know. But Talk to the paddle. I'm told I'm naturally intimidating, but I don't believe that. I've seen your husband cower. Yes, you are. <laughs> He's not scared of me. Well, we don't we don't want to give away all your trade secrets. But the truth is, Jesse, you are a little intimidating because you're not afraid to say what's on your mind. You look people dead in the eye. But mm -hmm. we both know Jesse's kind of a big softy. But, oh, yeah. you know, you use your, you know, you use the tools that you've got. You've got that dead eye stare. And when you got to use it, <laughs> you do it right. So, I, I mean, I well, mean you I've know, had you, to. You yeah. have that mafia flip over switch. And, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's, you know. It's that, like this customer service to me being at home. Right. <laughs> yeah. The mommy voice comes mm -hmm. out. Right. So, Jesse, you said that it's your 10th year. It's not really fair to say that because you've been around. It, it's funny. We started at the same time you actually be we okay our first convention was 2010 the memphis mm -hmm. comic and fantasy convention however you you all are actually older than us because you began planning years back in i want to say 2008 and then your first convention was 2010 but was, you had to take two years off yeah obviously. it was either so. 2008 or 2009 that we started working towards creating the convention i can't remember this point i think i've blocked out everything that happened before year five Okay. Mm, well, okay. Jesse, that's I, always a good way to remember it. I, I I give you a lot of credit, you and George Min and Alan Vu and everybody. But we we were at the we've been at every Anime Blues. Uh, we were at the first Anime Blues Con over at the Hilton, and we said right. I think every one of us said this does not look like a first year convention. You had a big crowd. It was well structured. You you avoided a lot of the pitfalls that other conventions fall into. It was a really well-produced event, and I, I got to give you a lot of credit on that. Well, so. I think we were lucky because a lot of people who are in our original director group already had con-running experience. We weren't starting with a bunch of people who'd never done it before. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's impressive, and it's held up that well. And now, like we say, you're over at the the Renaissance Center. Have you have you taken the tour? I'm assuming. Oh yeah, you have yeah, it. It was, pretty I mean, nice. It's really nice, and I love how big the hallways are now. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, they widen the hallway because mm -hmm. it did get a little bottlenecked in there. Yeah, so. I love that part the most. <laughs> okay, well, hey, you know, Jesse. The other thing is, uh, what's new since the last time you were on the air with us is that. We're over here at Cumulus, and we're always conscious of the fact that each week we get new listeners. And I wonder if people even know what an anime convention looks like, and we want them to show up for it. And so can you kind of paint a picture of what it, – it's really hard to to explain what this is, but, you know. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things you have to go and experience to really get it. But, I mean, what you can expect when you come to our convention in particular, but, of course, every convention really, is you're going to have – 
tons, plethoras of panels and workshops going over different sorts of topics relating to anime and pop culture and Japanese culture. You're going to have a huge exhibit hall with artists and vendors, and they're going to focus primarily, of course, on Asian and Japanese type uh, products. And you're going to have uh, our digital game room, which we have arcade cabinets, as well as just regular um, different kinds of video games that you can do, like your Xbox and PlayStation and stuff like that. But we also have an analog gaming room for people who enjoy tabletop gaming. Um, we have a really great guy coming in who sells and runs the games. We also have game tournaments. We also have a maid cafe. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hold, slow down, though, Jesse. That gaming, uh, your video gaming is impressive. I mean, it blows anything away I've seen. It's 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 lots of space and every kind of game, right? Well, yeah, and because I think it's we do two things. We have our own in-house uh, person who does a lot of the console gaming, but then we work with a company called Snow Phoenix, and they bring in all the arcade cabinets, and they are fantastic. They're great. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I cut you off, but no, I didn't want good. you to undersell that. That's a big point. Oh, so. yeah. It's a lot of fun, especially if you enjoy video games, to be able to do it with everybody else. And if you're interested in tournaments, it's a great chance to go and do it in a really kind of safe environment. Yeah. What is this maid cafe, though? <laughs> I know what it cafe. is, but explain it. Yeah. So uh, a maid cafe is a Japanese cultural phenomenon, essentially, where you have women and men who are dressed up as maids and butlers. And they uh, serve you, you know, drinks and snacks, but they also entertain with dances and songs and games and stuff like that. Very tastefully. Yes, very tastefully. It's definitely an all ages kind of thing. So yeah. nothing to worry about there. And our group that's coming this year is particularly interesting because they have an RPG slant. So they come in oh. with kind of a Dungeons and Dragons thing on top game. of the Maid Cafe. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So they're in character, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So, yep. Okay. Keep going. That sounds interesting. You know, and um, I think really the big thing, though, that a lot of people come for is the guests. You know, we have lots of voice actors and cosplayers and professional panelists that we bring in. And most people, that's the thing they want to see when they meet their favorite voice actor and get their autograph and hang out with them. And then a lot of these voice actors, uh, okay, they do anime, but they might be they might turn up in other projects that you're not aware of. Like some they, they may be in a Transformers movie. They may be a... Uh, uh, the voice of some character on a live action show or something. Right, but yeah, right. They do a lot ranging. of different stuff. And uh, Johnny Young Bosch, he's a, uh, did I say his name right? Yeah, that's correct. He's uh, he's also a musician too. Yes, yes. He's a musician. He's also an ex-Power Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, there you go, buddy. <laughs> no, but he's a very popular guest. Oh, when, when I've, I've, I've been watching your Facebook posts and uh, when, when I think when you announced him, a lot of people flipped their lid they were pretty excited so. and we've had him before in our early years that's one of the few things i haven't blocked out from the first five years mm, yeah <laughs> um so he's been with us before but it's been a good gap of time so we're glad to have him back yeah i feel like for the outsiders the way i would almost present a convention it's it's it, just imagine a gigantic house and the whole thing is a party and in some some rooms they're dedicated to people are having a nice conversation about something and of course the focus is going to be whatever the genres are. And then in another room is sort of like the, uh, the the vendor room is where I feel like there's the highest energy there. And that's where you can buy things. And it's... Oh, yeah. You are, you are being so, so uh, nice to the energy of a convention. Yeah. I like to put it this way. Okay. You go into an eight-year-old boy's uh, bedroom and you move the bed. <laughs> Everything underneath there, that's a convention. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty you're gonna, you're, party you're gonna, down there. You're going to see action figures. You're going to see comic books. You're going to see... Strangely enough, there might be some, you know, some critters running around and you, you don't know what they're dressed up as, but they're definitely looking different. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, that is probably the oddest yet most succinct 
definition yeah. of that I've ever yeah. seen. I'm going to use that from now on. That yeah. description. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, the fun thing, like, uh, you know, when you do a lot of conventions, you know, Brandon and I travel and we've all been around that kind of stuff. It's always fun. You know, you're driving into a strange city and you're, you're like, okay, where's the hotel? Where's the event? Where's the, ah, there goes two Jedi and a pony. All right, we're here. Oh, there that's we go. Right. There's always and, this blast right. radius. Follow the trail of cosplay. There, there, there's <laughs> always, yeah, yeah, there's always kind of this little ant trail effect around the event. And it's kind of a warm, happy feeling. You're like, oh, oh, look. You know what I've noticed? There's about a that? lot of glitter over there. That's got to be us. <laughs> you, we we got to be there. It might be me personally. Yeah, glitter. <laughs> you're exactly right. You go to, especially when you go to one that you haven't been to before. I remember I, I went to MTAC, Middle Tennessee mm -hmm, Anime mm -hmm. Convention, when they moved to a new hotel. And we're like, okay, well, we're, you know, that was before we had GPS and we're looking around and it's like, oh, wait, there's like 50 bumper stickers right there that all have, you know, geek oh, stuff. Yeah. Then you start seeing, like you said, the trail of cosplayers and it is, it, it yeah. gives you a comfort. You, you can know? follow if, the glitter. If you want to find a really good parking space when you're going around a convention, get behind whatever vehicle has the coexist, uh, you know, mm. bumper sticker oh, with all the geek, with all the geek symbols. Yeah. They will actually pass the good space. Oh, really? And then you take it. <laughs> okay. It's it's. I haven't it's, been this I, lucky. <laughs> I, I I noticed it the first time at Mid South Con years ago when they had first moved to the Hilton. Yeah. Yep. If there's somebody there, they're going to take a farther space, but they're going to go past a good one. So yeah, follow them. And Jesse, I would say too, if you're somebody that's just because maybe you're like, well, I don't, I don't know that I, I'm interested in anime. Well, for one thing, you all cover a lot more, but it's also the people watching experience. Mm. And then if you want to just meet new and interesting and highly intelligent, uh, a lot of young people too. If you want to meet people, this is such a great place to do it. It's just, it's a, it's a really unique experience. I, I haven't met anybody that has not been excited when they get to a convention. There's, there's always something that they find, you know, that, that appeals to them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you don't have, as you said, you don't have to have any interest in Japanese culture, anime, to enjoy yourself at an anime convention. It's just amazing to talk to people. Even if you don't understand what they're doing, they have just so much passion and knowledge for what they're doing that you kiss, it's infectious. You just can't help but get excited too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then people might go, well, panel discussions, what's that all about? Well, Technically, I guess you could call it, so you go into a room, it's going to be set up probably theater style, there's going to be speakers. Well, a lot of them is very, they're very interactive, right? Uh, yeah. If was, you care about something, you get to get involved oh, yeah. in the conversation. Oh, for sure, because we do all kinds of panels. It's not just a lecture a lot of times. Right. there It's an interactive panel where people can actually discuss ideas and philosophies and just different topics pertaining to whatever the panel is about. But we do hands-on workshops too, especially with our Cosplay University track where we focus on hands-on cosplay workshops, so getting to learn how to do the different sewing or casting or prop-making techniques. Yeah, and, and and let's face it, we're the types. We'll be there the entire weekend. We've seen it. My kids have been going to conventions since they're little, and um, people were like, how can you spend you know, 30 hours or something in a weekend at an event? Well, you it, you can because it's just <laughs> you don't want to leave. And, and I do – it's funny. Sometimes you'll be at a convention and you see uh, – People like they kind of they 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 walk up to you and they're out of breath or they're whatever and it's like well what's up with you well I've just been posing for for a bunch of pictures and I just ran to this and I got to get to this panel over here and I gotta it's a hive of activity and you better pace yourself oh absolutely and drink water yes yeah, please drink water please <laughs> if it's your first time eat and drink water that's the biggest thing I can always tell people and besides of course wearing deodorant. 
<laughs> and the truth of the convention comes out. There yeah. we go. Now, to be fair, most people do now. Like Thank that's goodness. been such a stigma yeah. over the years yeah. that people shower yeah. and, and do, but don't worry, that, don't worry that about old it. But, hint yeah. hasn't been around yeah. in a couple yeah. of years. But yeah. uh, one thing we say: I've judged cosplay contests. I know you've hosted many. I've judged a lot too. And, yeah. and the thing is, is those costumes doesn't matter how much deodorant you put; those are sweaty. Yeah, and in June, are, yeah. <laughs> and you are under under a bunch of lights. So if there is someone that you're, you know, always have a, a, a nice friend by who can go, all right, we're going to have to take you and get you. We, like, we need to have the We got to get the top off so that you this can. This is why you know. always come with a handler. Yeah. Yes. Now, one thing I will say, too, and we've we've been pretty good about this one. Um, if you if you can, it's a good idea to get a hotel room. You don't necessarily have to have it for the whole weekend. Even if you live here in town, it's a real treat to just, you know, stay at the event and um, it's usually pretty affordable. You all get room blocks, right? Now, is yeah. it too late to, to get in on that? Yeah, um, our room block sold out a little while ago. However, you can call the Sheraton and ask them um, what's available because there are still rooms. It's just our block was sold out. So there's still room downtown. That adds yeah. to the fun. And we've seen this, too, where you get, you know, okay, if you've got two beds, technically four people can stay there. However, mm. it's not unheard of that six or seven people team up and you know, <laughs> I, I we're did not that as a teenager do this, don't but... do it again I will never do it again it's just me and my husband and that is it everyone else get out <laughs> no I, I yeah because you won't sleep everybody I mean you know, I don't sleep anyway yeah I have to work the whole time <laughs> it adds to the experience so there is something to be said where you can bring no. your change of clothes you can bring a few snacks if you just want to get away for yeah think of it as your and, base of operation yes. absolutely yeah. Especially it, if you got to change clothes often. And, right. and it's a storage locker because you're going to yes. buy a lot of stuff down in that vendor room. Yes. Mm. You're going to say you're not going to, yeah. but you, you will. <laughs> you will every time it happens. Well, well the other thing I'm going to throw into this, especially an anime convention, and this is for your just run-of-the-mill casual visitor to a convention, of I do a TV show called It Came from the International Market, and the vendor room is an experience, especially... <laughs> When, you know, if you've never tried certain types of snacks or sodas, yeah, there's a substance out there called Pocky. Oh, oh that God, everybody's. That is... And that is like, that is like the fuel food that of an anime convention. The, or the 16-year-old weeaboo, yes. What's, yeah. what's the Japanese soda that you have to pop Ramune. the ball? Ramune yeah. and Pocky, with that's the, the with hot. The little glass marble that you pop, yeah. That you pop in and the whole, I mean. Food becomes its own experience at these things. Absolutely. And if you don't know what Pocky is, it is a little bit of shortbread dipped in something. Mm -hmm. There are at least, well, at least a hundred different flavors Oh, at God, this there's point. so many. I can never keep thousand. up. Chocolate there are how is, many? of course, the classic. 47,000. Yeah. And for some and reason. You've been to the international market. I have. They're it's like I, Kit I, it's Kats. Scary. There's a million flavors. Yeah. I, it's kind of scary. Which is funny because, you know, people who've only had American Kit Kats. They don't you know, understand. When, when you hand them something like, you know, a matcha Kit Kat, they're like, why is it great? I've had a champagne Kit Kat. That's mm. amazing. Oh. Ooh, the whole chata Kit Kat. <laughs> you'll, hurt, you'll hurt your neighbor for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, the yeah. strawberry Kit Kats, people will mm. bite each other. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 finally, they finally actually released those in America with uh, the strawberry and dark chocolate. Yeah. Those are but they're still not as good as the ones from Japan. No, the ones from Japan are always better. It's the same thing with like authentic Japanese high chews are better yeah. than the mm -hmm. Americanized ones. And for some reason, teenage kids just lose their mind over Pocky. I mean, you can't keep enough of well, it there. It's, it just it's sold out. That apparently is their meal, though. And yeah. they really need <laughs> to eat like something a little extra. Get something some with a little protein and yeah, so, get something a, get other than sugar pizza, and please. a carb. Pocky, <laughs> yeah. Pocky is the weeb version of a protein bar. 
yeah. essentially. You know, it gives you that nice little boost of energy. Yeah. And then you're going to crash in about three hours. Yeah. So one please nice, eat more than Pocky. Yeah. yeah. One nice thing about uh, Anime Blues, too, especially with your location, Jesse, is the fact that it, it, it has nothing to do with weather. There's none of this weather permitting stuff. It could be pouring rain, and it, you're fine because you pull in. It's covered parking. Yep. You can walk right into the convention space. You can leave. It's, you know, so it it's you don't have to worry about that part of the uh there's a skywalk the between the Sheraton and the convention center, so mm -hmm. you literally never have to go outside if you choose not to. You can either get uh, food there. I know you all have uh, you have concessions, and then yeah. or you can get Uber Eats or whatever. Oh so yeah. You, yeah, but yeah. but let's just all admit one of the greatest things about you guys being downtown in Memphis is watching the parade of cosplayers. And the people freaking out because they just saw Sub Zero walk down the uh, you know the street, mm. you know, <laughs> yeah, head to the convention. It's always fun with the normal people, you know, yeah. the yeah. business person that's in town for yeah. the, you know, it's like what the heck, the, the you know the the lawyer who's coming out of the courthouse and he sees you know, wait, that's the Power Rangers. There's a whole what, pack what? of Disney princesses mm -hmm. walking down oh, yeah. the street. What yeah. is yeah. happening? <laughs> right, yeah, that, that's very similar to a pack of wolves. And you I just avoid say, those. I would say this. <laughs> One thing I would say, I, I really try to sell this point. If you're somebody that wants, if like, if you're a unique gift giver, if your whole thing at oh. Christmas is you want to be the one that gives that unique gift, you cannot beat a convention. You can get original artwork. You can get one-of-a-kind collectibles, and, and it's usually very affordable. You, you and, wanna, yeah, and you, you get to meet the, the artist that oh. made it. Right, absolutely. I mean, you, honestly, buying art is my favorite thing. Yeah. You want to be a hero. I, you want to be a hero for your 14-year-old Right. You get something signed yeah. and created specifically for your beloved. And Brandon's yeah. over there counting fingers I'm, right I'm, now. I'm thinking about, it's like, I, I collect lanyards. Yeah. Yes. And I'm trying to think about how many lanyards I've bought specifically from Anime Blues Con over the years. And I don't think I've ever walked out of the, your convention without at least three new lanyards. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people with plushies. Yeah. Mm. Now Same I'm thinking thing. of it. You get you get you could get like the the ultimate. Okay, so you got like Martheus Wade. He's usually set up there. Mm -hmm. He's a big Power Rangers fan. Well, he could draw Johnny Young Bosch's character. Oh, yeah. You get Martheus and and then Johnny Young Bosch to autograph it for for your mm. Power Ranger fan. Boom. Right. Know. That's a one of kind gift. You're never going to get. You're one else. and done. Yeah. So no, lots of fun. But now, um. There's pre-registration, but that's closed. That's, you know, now we, we would encourage you anytime you're going to a convention, it's always a good deal if you can take advantage of ordering your tickets in advance, right? Absolutely. You know? Plus it's easier and you have the benefit of being able to come in on Thursday evening before the convention starts and pick up your ticket early. No lines. Yeah. 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 So you're ready to go Friday morning when everything's starting. So, so however, that I'm going to point out, there's still a lot of questions and a lot of things that can be answered by going online. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where do they need to go? Uh, www.animeblues.com. You can find pretty much any answer you need right there. Okay, and tickets are available at the door. We'll be there, and Jesse, you'll be running around. And quote, mm. I mean, yeah, I love it. Uh, uh, your Calmly. director of adulting. <laughs> really, she doesn't sleep the whole weekend. Nope. You're nope. pulled in a million directions. Yeah. But, man, we are so glad you're back because it's just been... There's been this void, you know, the last couple of years because that's the big summer event we look forward to. So yeah, I'm yeah. glad we're back. Yeah, it's great, and the, and the Renaissance Center is beautiful, and I'm kind of interested yeah. in seeing these expanded hallways because that's where I think we're going to be set up. Yeah. And honestly, mm -hmm. not to make everything about us, but you know, that really does kick off our planning for MCFC. That's is true. That weekend, as we're finishing up, you know, promoting it, Anime Blues. That's that means I have to get to work. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Glad we're your calendar. <laughs> if you live in the Mid-South, really, there is so much geek activity. You start off the year with ShadowCon in January. Then you got Mid-South Con in March. Then you've got uh, Anime Blues. you got the Comic Expo. you got us. It, you you, you know, left out Winter Remix. And Winter a, Remix, it's, it's a whole different animal without being a whole different animal. Absolutely. So uh, we hope we'll see you there. And it's it's a lot of fun. And Jesse, it's great. It's, great. it's always great having you on. Try to get some sleep, my friend, between now and then. I'll try. Anyway, uh, we're, we'll be there for sure, and uh, I, I can't wait. Alan's going to be dressed up uh, like the guy from uh, what? He's going to be dressed up like a guy in a Dickies work shirt. Okay. Anyway, but we're out of time, you guys. No, no, uh, no more time. So uh, until let me try that again. Max, edit that out. So until next week, we are the Geek Patrol, and I am Joe Thorderson. I'm Alan Gilbreth. I'm Jesse Gaston. I'm Maximilian it. And I am Brandon Olmstead reminding you that we don't really need a tagline because Joe messed us up. Yeah. Edit that whole <laughs> thing out, Max.